Thank you. Here we go. Here we go. One more message. One more message of dominion sonship. One more message of how to walk out our dominion sonship on earth. And if there is a moment to know how to walk out that which we believe this is it right now. This is it right now. Right now in a moment where what the word of God talks about is the unveiling of the sons of God. And if there's anything about the sons of God, they are the ones that have been given authority in the name of Jesus. And this is not an authority based on flesh. It's not an authority based on how strong your muscles are, but it's really an authority that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ that came from this saving work that he did for us, that through his death, through his burial, and down to the pit of hell he went and he came out of hell victorious and triumphant over every foul spirit, but above all over Satan himself. And then he walked earth for a moment and then he ascended. And uh, 10 days after his ascension, we have the day of Pentecost. We have the day that the Holy Spirit came and filled the envelope of the world. And so when we become born again, the Holy Spirit takes residence in us and fills us with the might of Jesus, fills us with the life of Jesus, fills us with the assurance of Jesus in us and for us. And so the, the, the title for today is a really a continuation of, of last week. Last week, we talked about the confidence in the Word of God. And this week, it will be the surety of the Word of God. When you know you have a surety, when you know you have a security, when you know you have a chair that is stable, you can sit on it and be confident you will not fall over, right? And so when we talk about the Word of God, there's nothing more sure. There's nothing more, more eternal. There's nothing more stable. There's nothing non-changing as the word of God. And we, we read, we went last week to the book of John in, in chapter one. And we also went to the book of Revelation in chapter, in chapter, I think it was 19, where we looked at Jesus being the word of God. That actually, let's go to John one. I'll just flip over real fast and just a little refresher here. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word that now it is written here, in the beginning was, what to say? In the beginning was with God and was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made, all things were made through Him, through this Word that we have now written. All things were made through Him, and without Him, without this Word that we have now written, the very logos of God, the, the volume of who the Father is expressing Himself through the Word, nothing was made that was made without Him. And so this is dominion. And then verse four says, in him was life. So in this word is life. In him was life and the life was the light of man. And 
the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And this is authority and this is dominion is when you put this light in and he now lives in you through the new birth. Now this light that is in you is bursting out through you, whether you're aware or not, and is really driving out darkness. And so the biggest thing to a believer is not to be timid, not to be shy, not to be afraid because we know that we are born of love because God is love and in love there is no fear. And so when we walk with this confidence that is based on the surety of the word of God, then we are driving out fear. We are driving out darkness. We are driving out everything that is wanting to oppose and to dim the light of the word. And so the confidence that we are to have in the word of God is really of utmost importance because it would determine our manner of life. It would determine how we live life. It would determine uh, what and whom we rely on and would determine our stability in this hour. In the midst of all the tossing of the waves that have turned violent. That we can have an assurance that we will walk on the water. And we'll make it to the other side no matter how boisterous the wind and, and how, how high the waves is. No matter what the enemy would want us to look at. We'll have one gaze and that's on the Lord Jesus Christ who's called us to walk forward. To trust his word when he has said come we are coming. We're coming buddy we're coming. We're making it to the very end. We refuse to cower and refuse to look back. And most definitely, we refuse to park. We refuse to just go with the status quo. But we'll be found standing to the very end and advancing the kingdom of God. And so the surety of the word of God. Um, let's go to actually the other verse. It was in. I'll go to it as well. In, in um, Revelations 19, I read here regarding Jesus. Uh, where do we start? Let's start with 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him, he who sat on the white horse, was called Faithful and True. That's regarding Jesus. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. You see, his judgment and his making of war is not out of unrighteousness, but it's out of a righteous justice. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a rope dipped in blood, and this is it. And his name, the name of Jesus, the name of the one that sat on that white horse, the name of the one that was, that was called faithful and true. He is, his name is called the word of God. And so at that moment, what we spoke on last week is the confidence that we can have in the word of God, the way we have confidence that Jesus loves us. That we have, we have confidence when we read the gospel accounts of the life of Jesus and we, we, we recognize he did indeed go about teaching and preaching and healing all that were and, 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 um, raising the captives free and healing all that were oppressed from the devil. And at that moment, the next thought should be that's what the word of God does. So when we look at the life of Jesus, we are actually looking at what the word does. The word, the word 
teaches, the word preaches, and the word heals. The word brings forth deliverance. And so do you need deliverance in this hour? Well, the word, Jesus himself, is our deliverer. And so we are constantly being bombarded with doubt and unbelief of, is Jesus sufficient? Is the word of God sufficient? Yes, it's sufficient. It is beyond sufficient. Actually, all of our sufficiency is found in him. The only sufficiency a believer can have is the word of God, which is the assurance to know no matter what it looks like, I will not trust my outer senses, but I will trust that which I believe, which is based on the word of God. And so the importance of having the surety of the word of God to know that it can be trusted. Let's go to Hebrews 6. That's where we left last week. And I said, we'll start from there. So we're going to start at Hebrews 6. And uh, the writer of Hebrew will give us the account of Father Abraham, who is the father of faith. And he, he walked out faith and he demonstrated what faith is. Faith is believing on the word of God when you cannot see anything that potentially would line up with the word of God. In, in the book of Romans, Paul writes it against all hope. Abraham hoped because God spoke to him. Now that is faith. And because Abraham believed God based on the word of God, without seeing any demonstration of anything outside of hearing the word of God, that that faith was accredited to Father Abraham as righteousness. And so here we are seeing the writer of Hebrew talk about that, that kind of a persuasion. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he, that is God, swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I'll bless you, and multiplying I'll multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise from many deeds whereby the greater and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly, God wanted to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise, to those who received the promise, right? The immutability, the unchangeableness the immutability of his counsel, the truthfulness of his counsel. God wanted to prove to the heirs of the promise how faithful and true he is. And because he wanted to do that, what did God do? He confirmed it by a note that by two immutable things and the... um some Bibles refer to those two immutable things as the promise and the oath. That he gave a promise and that he made an oath on that promise. He swore by himself. But these two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie that we might have a strong consolation. Now that's where it is also encouragement, a confidence who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. I wanted to read that in the message because it just brings it out so well. Brings it out so well. It's the same portion, but just in the message translation, which is more of the vernacular of today. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. <laughs> he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. 
He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. If you want to know the heart of God towards you today, it is to bless. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham, look, at, but look, Abraham had to do something. Abraham stuck it out. He stuck it out. The word here is patient. He patiently endured. Abraham stuck it out. And so there are moments right now that we're going through. We just have to stick it out. We have to patiently endure, not to cave into the pressure, but to have a confidence that just as God performed his oath to Father Abraham, he is performing his promise to us as well. That in Christ, every promise is yes and amen. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them. So that if there is any question that they will make good on the promise, the authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock-solid guarantee. That's the oath. He gave it a rock-solid guarantee. God cannot break his word, for it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. And I love that. That is the confidence that we can have in the word of God, that it is rock solid. You can, you can situate yourself in that rock solid word. And though time might pass for a season, you be faithful to keep standing on that rock solid word. And you would see the word beginning to produce after its own kind. You start seeing a shift and a change. And suddenly what you thought couldn't be is, right? Just because you just stood on the rock solid promise of the word of God. Because you chose to believe that that which he says to you is true and faithful. Because that which he says to you, it cannot be broken. Because he has backed it up by a promise. And we know that the ultimate expression of, of that solidity of truth is the word becoming flesh and dying on the cross for us. That now it's a covenant word that is, that is clothed in the blood of Christ, that is clothed in the flesh of Christ. And so we have an assurance, just beholding the cross is my confidence that this word has been sealed with blood and it's a note that is beyond changeability. Though heaven and earth might pass away, though the mountains fall, we know this word will withstand the trials and the test of times and we will be found standing because the word is always standing. And that is, the, that is what it looks like to have a persuasion that is beyond a human conviction, but is of the Holy Ghost birth faith. It is a supernatural way to walk on earth. Now, based on, just like Father Abraham, on nothing but a word that was spoken within my spirit, man. Based on nothing but just me reading this, this, this precious Bible and him expounding something coming, leaping off the page and landing in my heart. And now I'm laying hold and laying hold and laying hold and not letting go. And the fight of faith is every pressure at that moment will come against you to steal and to let go of the word of God. And in a few weeks, we looked at that, how Satan comes immediately. As soon as you hear the message this afternoon, especially, we'll be contended, potentially. We take the blood, 
no contention. But Satan comes immediately to steal the word out of our heart. Why? Why is he so threatened by the word of God? Because we know what Peter told us in 1 Peter 5, that we are to resist Satan withstanding him in the faith. Well, faith is based on the word of God. Faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. And so if we do not let go of the word of God, that we keep trusting the surety of the word, we will be found walking in the promise. Actually, we are becoming the promise. We're being transformed from glory to glory. Let's go to down in um, 7. This is where I got my title from, verse. Yeah, let's start 20. Inasmuch then, inasmuch as he was not made priest, this is regarding the Lord Jesus Christ, um, just a little bit above what we are reading here is that Jesus came not according to the law of flesh, the commandment, but Jesus came to earth according to the power of an endless life. So Jesus came according to the power of an endless life where we just read about him being the word of God, that the word of God became flesh. And here he's saying to us, the writer of Hebrews, that Jesus, this Jesus, this word made flesh came how? Not based on a legalistic system, but based on the power of an endless life. Next time you read the word of God and you meditate the word of God, keep that in mind that this has come to you by the power of an endless life. An endless life, no end. And that God made him a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so he's talking about now the writer here regarding the priestly ministry of Jesus. Verse 20, inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath of the Old Testament, of course. But he with an oath, Jesus with an oath, by him who said to him, and this is it, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. When the Lord speaks, he will not relent. He doesn't change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And here, verse 22, by so much more, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety. And that word is a guarantee. He's become security of a better covenant. And so today I'm talking about the, the, the guarantee of the word of God, the safety and the surety and the security of the word of God, that there's nothing more safe and, 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 and um, brings a guarantee to your life of stability and steadfastness than the word of God. Because there are many priests before him, of course, and but they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because why he? He is Jesus. He came how? Through the power of an endless life, right? But he became, he because he continues forever. He, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And don't separate this Jesus from the word of God. 
Don't separate. When you think about Jesus, just thinking of, of someone wearing a wrong a rope uh, down the centuries, walking the streets of Jerusalem with a crowd around him, and, and that Jesus, yeah, but he is no longer here. He's in heaven. Well, no, no, that Jesus lives in us. That Jesus, he, he is alive in us now. And we have the word, who is he himself, to communicate to us that his reignership, his dominion, his priesthood, his guarantee is eternal forever, continues forever because he's come in the power of an endless life. Let's go to um, verse 28. I love this part. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weaknesses because they're flesh and blood, right? I mean, you think of uh, Aaron, for example, Aaron and, and his sons, and they come in weaknesses. But the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints the son who has been perfected forever. Now, what took my interest here is, I'll read it again. For the law appoints as high priest men who have weakness, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, Appoints the son who has been perfected forever. That word appoints is actually in italics, which is not in the original language. And so I, I looked it up and some of the translations there are really telling. And what I believe is that this word of oath, it's Jesus himself. Is the son of God. That's the guarantee because right here he told us that he came as the guarantee of a much, much better covenant. And so Jesus is the guarantee. It is the son, the word of the living God that is this oath. Because it is the word. I just, um, I want to look at some. The Berean literal Bible. For the law appoints as high priest men having witnesses. But the word of the oath, which is after the law, a son having been perfected to the age. The Dwayne raised Bible, for the law makes men priests who have infirmity or weaknesses, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, the son who is perfected forever. What, what, why, why, why is this important? Because we can't separate Jesus from the Word of God. Jesus, the Son of God, is the Word of God that came after the law to fulfill the law, and yet he was before the law. <laughs> the power of this endless life that came to us is really beyond human comprehension. And that's why faith is required for you to live out this divine understanding that as long as we keep this word dear and close to our heart and do not waver and do not let it go, this word is eternal life that knows exactly what to do. It continues forever. Ever working, ever making intercession for you. Do you need what we call a breakthrough in a moment? Do you need some light of revelation in a situation? If you continue in this word, it's ever making intercession for you. It is ever continuing to communicate truth to you and is bringing this eternal life into your moment and shaping and molding and changing all that you know is normal. 
Suddenly, what you thought could never change has changed. How? Eternal life was released by faith because you chose to believe an eternal word. And we know the power of the words of a judge. Once a judge makes a decree, and let's just trust that it's the right decree, it's sealed. It's law. How much more this high priest, the ultimate judge, that has come in the power of this eternal life, 9-11. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. And so the word became flesh. The word became flesh. I love it. For Christ came as high priest of the good things. His word is good. Of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. With his own blood, he entered the most holy place. Think about that blood. Think about if he came in the power of, of a divine eternal life, he carried this eternal blood. This living reality of blood that holds at his life. Once and for all. And obtain this eternal redemption for us. And if we go just a little bit down in 14. It is to cleanse us, to cleanse our conscience from dead works so we can serve the living God. There's nothing, there's nothing like knowing you're right with God. There's nothing like living life with a pure conscience. There's nothing like knowing that your sin has been purged away from you. That though you know you've messed up royally in many occasions, maybe even this morning or last night, that this blood, this, 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 the saving work of redemption is ever making intercession for you and it's calling you clean, clean, clean. So you can serve the living God based on a finished work. So he doesn't have to keep redoing a new sacrifice because I just made a mistake just now. And you no, know, it's, it's based on a finished work. Once and for all, he completed it. And that's what the word gives us assurance of. The guarantees that it is done. It is done. It is done. It, I can't earn it. I could have never earned it. But now I'm going to walk in it. I'll choose to believe that which he has done for me. I'll choose to believe that he did indeed come and put on flesh to demonstrate his goodness to me. And now I have a better covenant that is sealed in his blood. And because of it, if we go to 10:14, this is it. For by one offering, that's the offering of Jesus, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That is us. You see, we're walking out our salvation. We're, we're walking out this sanctification process as we renew our mind from glory to glory, being transformed into the image and the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The way we live life, the way we communicate, the way we um, carry ourselves, how we, um, how we think really above all. But yet, always knowing 
that we have been perfected forever because the work has been finished. And so this work of transformation I'm undergoing, this desire for me to resemble his image more and more and more, is really not based on condemnation, but it's based on he's done it all. And so now I'm just believing what he's done. And just by the fact that I'm believing and I'm submitting my mind and the old carnal thoughts of what if and maybe not me, when I submit those thoughts and made them comply to this finished work, then I'm being transformed into greater glory. So there's never really any, 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 um, condemning weight of God on our life. He has lifted off the weight. He has removed the obstacle. He has freed the way. He is now our way into this greater life of glory. More peace. Greater expression of joy. Greater soundness of my mind and, and not being disturbed. That's the process of transformation. But I already have the assurance that I am becoming that. Because right here, the word says, for by one offering, that's the offering of the son, he himself laying down his life for us. He is perfected forever. Those are being sanctified perfected forever. And so the woe is me message really has no place in the body of Christ. You need to do better really has no place in the, in the body of Christ. I think all of us know we'd like to do better. But we are in this process of transformation. Without the weight, I got to do better. But I desire to resemble the one that loves me. A desire to be found trusting him because he has done everything for me. A desire to yield to his love because he first loved me. While I was yet a sinner, an enemy to God, he first loved me. He died for me when I was an enemy to him. And that's the assurance that we have is this finished work that has been sealed in the blood. That he is the oath of God. He's the confirming word of God. He's the yes of God. He's the alpha and the omega of God. He's the beginning and the end of God. What is the alpha and the omega of God? It is the word of God. It's the yes that is resounding towards you today. That's why Jesus says, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. This promise is the Alpha and the Omega. This life is without end. He is my beginning and He is my end. And now I'm eternal, so figure that out. Amazing. Amazing. But so often we get caught in the capsule of the human thought and, and, and just little doctrines that we hear here, there, and, and philosophies and, and some scholars that sound really reasonable and deep thinkers. But I tell you, unless you have this confidence to come in the Word and to allow this Word as water to wash your mind, that you be assured of this truth, then you'll be swayed everywhere and behind all of those really deep theologies um thinkers and 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 really um uh orators that just know how to layer the words and it just sounds so right behind all of it if it's not lining up with the word of god is satan 
And the sole purpose of Satan is because you just heard truth and it's going to come to steal the word of God. And it's the only way you can withstand him. The word is your true life. The word is your assurance. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Why would I say that? Because it continues forever. Why will I say that? Because if he be for me, who can be against me? Why will I say that? Because he first loved me. And because of that, I know I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Let's go to, since we're in chapter 10, verse 19. No wavering. We'll, we'll finish with this. No wavering. No wavering. And I'll camp on this message for the next little while. I'm just, every time I, I speak to them about this time in the message, I'm like, I don't even think I started the message yet. That's okay. It's okay. I'll just wrap it up with this verse. There's so much. There's so much, there's so much, there's so much assurance of the word of God. It's like, which, 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 which layer of assurance do you, do you demonstrate first? There's so much assurance of the word of God. 19. Hebrews 10, therefore, brethren, having boldness, having boldness, that's what the assurance and the confidence of the word of God does for you, gives you boldness, to be bold, oh, to be bold every moment, every moment, every moment, every moment of my life to be bold, not arrogant, not prideful, but bold, what does that look like, that looks like, that looks like God is in me right now, I'm not to be afraid. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which, of course, we know it is his body. This is the new and living way. It is his blood, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, because we have this eternal priesthood of him over us, because he's come in the order of Melchizedek through the power of an eternal life. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. Unveil your heart to God today. Unveil your heart to God today and allow him to move in as you're moving into him. Allow him to move in into you as you're moving into him. Allow him to see right through. Allow him entry. Allow him entry. As you're entering deeper into him. Let us draw near. Let us draw near today with a true heart in full assurance. Full assurance of faith. That's the surety of the word of God. You can believe today because you have the assurance of the word of God. That it is a sealed word. It's a covenant word in his blood. He broke his body. I often meditate, I often meditate the length by which God went to communicate to us. And we read some of it today to communicate to us the, the, the truth of his word, that he broke his word like bread so we can eat. Ah, let us draw near with, by, of, Okay, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. You can trust him. And when you trust him, you can run into daddy God. When you trust him, you can be bold. When you trust him, 
Your heart is fully open to him when you trust him, when you trust him, when you trust him, you can be who he has made you to be. And, and in the frailties of who you think you are, he is delighted because that's where he's going to show his strength to the world. Don't hide. But in those moments where you think you, you really, really are totally inadequate, those are the moments that he delights in because those are the moments where he can move in and show his masterful strength and work because he's always picking up the foolish things of the world to astound the wise. So never insecurity, never condemnation, never drawing back away from God that I'm not good enough. I messed it. Oh, I got to go through the five layers of repentance. I don't know. I don't know how they do it in religious systems. For me, it was Lord, I messed up. I apologize. Here I am. Let's just keep running. Keep running. If I'd known to do better, I would have done better. Obviously, I didn't know how to do better. Can you help me do better? And what? you know what he's going to tell me? Go read your Bible. Go read your Bible, buddy. I need my mind renewed to be able to do better. I need my mind. I need a, no, I, I, knew, I, I need a new paradigm. I need a paradigm shift. I need to shift my thoughts and align them with his thoughts. And only the word of God can do that. When I realize I'm loved, I don't have to grovel looking for love in all the wrong places. But as long as I don't know I'm loved, There'll be great insecurity. But there's no greater love than this love. That he laid down his life for you and for me. So we can be his now. So we can come to run into him, to draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. I love that. My heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. That can have pure thoughts in his presence. And our, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast in the place of this love of fellowship with our Father. He says, hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering. Don't change your mind. Keep running towards him. Don't stop now. Don't waver. Don't allow doubt to dissuade you. But be fully persuaded without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And we saw it, the one riding on that white horse was called faithful and true. For he, that is the word of God, who promised, is faithful. And from this place, we can encourage one another as we did today. And we are done. Amen. Praise God.